mission perfect. All right. Hey, everyone, and welcome to Chef AJ Live. I'm your host, Chef AJ, and this is where I introduce you to amazing people like you who are doing great things in the world that I think you should know about. Well, if you're familiar with me just, you know, from YouTube, then you may not know that I also help people lose weight and manage their food addictions. Many years ago, I wrote a best-selling book called The Secrets to Ultimate Weight Loss. You can see I really use the recipes in it. And for the last 15 years or so, I've been teaching classes that help people lose weight, adopt a plant-based diet, get healthier. And I don't get to do this very often anymore because I'm so busy doing my show every day and writing books. But one or two times a year, I have the privilege of teaching what's known as the Ultimate Reboot Program. It's a wonderful 30-day program. Sometimes it's once a year. It's never more than twice a year. And I teach it with three experts in the field of health, weight loss, and nutrition. One of them is going to be joining me today for a live Q&A. If you have any questions in general about weight loss, plant-based diet, or the program, I'll tell you a little bit about the program. It's called the Ultimate Reboot Program, and it's delivered over a period of 30 days in bite-sized, pun intended, modules every day. It's a short video, about 20 minutes, where we teach concepts based on the principles of ultimate weight loss. You get to be in a private support group off of Facebook, moderated by our best success coaches. And the part that most people love, which is why so many people, even people that have achieved their weight loss goals, keep coming back three, four, and even five times not just for the community, is for the live Q&As, because on four consecutive Sundays, we have these monster Q&A sessions that last for three hours with myself, John Pierre, Dr. Alan Goldhammer, and Dr. Doug Lyle. And nowhere else do they sit there and answer questions for three hours, except for the Ultimate Reboot Program, at least to my knowledge. The program starts on Tuesday, July 18th. Your last chance to register will be midnight on Monday, July 17th, Pacific time. The information is in the show notes. I'll also put it in the chat. And to help me answer any of your questions, please welcome one of the co-instructors, John Pierre. Hello, John Pierre. How are you? Very good, AJ. Nice to see you again. I know, you know, we're in different, we used to live in the same city and now we live in different cities. So we don't, I don't think we've seen each other since 2019. Yep. It's been a while. Yeah. So what, what have you been doing in Colorado? Uh, mainly just doing animal care, uh, you know, with my sanctuary, doing a lot of environmental work for my nonprofit. We're at farmers markets and local um, seminars all the time here. And then I've been traveling around the country, you know, doing classes at different veg fests and things like that. And then, of course, seeing clients. Nice. Well, it's great because, uh, you know, for pretty much the same price to have a private session with you, they can join the reboot program for a whole month. Yep. And it's amazing. And you have some of the best instructors in the world. When you start thinking about how long Dr. Goldhammer has been doing this, and of course, Dr. Lyle and yourself, and then myself, we've got hundreds and hundreds of years of experience uh, working with clients. Yeah, absolutely. And eating this way. I think, I think we have like about 120 years of plant-based eating between us. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I've been clo close to 40 years and I think you're over 40, right? Yeah. 46 and uh, Dr. Goldhammer, 48. I'm not sure Dr. Lyle will be somewhere up there. So it's very fun working with them. You know, this is summer. And so I think a lot of people are saying, well, this isn't the best time for me to concentrate on my health or weight loss. What do you say to people that say that? Because it's you know, the most important time. And the reason is, is because what comes after summer <laughs> is fall and then winter. And the hardest time to do these types of programs is in fall and winter, because we have all the holidays and the weather changes. You're more inclined to eat heavier, richer foods. 
So the idea is to start before then to get prepped for fall and get prepped for winter. So it's already a way of living for you. You don't have to start new. Yeah, I find I agree with you that people seem to struggle the most during the, the holiday season. You know, once Halloween hits for many people, it's a downward spiral till, you know, and then January 2nd, they, then they'll, everybody joins in January when we do this. We usually do do it in January. So that's a no brainer. But this is the time to, to get, you know, get a foundation if you're struggling, you know. Well, even if you're not struggling, the main thing you still want to be consistently doing it, because a lot of times people can do something for short periods of time and they don't struggle, but they haven't really developed it as a lifestyle or way of life yet. They're kind of just gritting their teeth and, and burning through it. But that's not a way of life. You want this ingrained in you as a way of living, like the way you eat, AJ. It's not a struggle. It's just how you live and how you how you eat. But it took you a long time to get there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, people may not know because a lot of people just, you know, randomly find a YouTube or don't know who I am. Not that you need to know who I am, but I was overweight or obese for the first 52 years of my life. I've only been trim for 11 years, but ever since I learned the secrets of ultimate weight loss, you know, I haven't had slips and slides and it, it, it actually has been easy once, once, and not just, not just learning it. Cause you have to also implement it. Cause we have a lot of people that understand it, but they don't do it. Well, exactly. And one of the things they need is more education. They need to understand, like, for instance, the other day, I talked to a girl that was 30. And she's saying, well, you know, I'm 30. You know, I can eat whatever I want. And, you know, she was telling me all these things. And I, was, I said to her, well, do you do realize before you know it, you're going to be 40, and then 50 and 60 and 70. And I said, most of my clients who are 60 only wish they were 30 again, because they would have changed their lifestyle practices. So we really need to you know, work on projecting into the future, thinking, where are we going to be in one year from now, two years, three years, if we continue with our lifestyle habit? Because when you look at your body now and you feel your body right now, that was made up of all the choices you made since you've been a youngster. So if you're not happy with the, with the way you are now, it's because of all the poor choices that were made when you were younger. Yeah. And I don't think it necessarily gets any easier the, the longer we kick the can, you know? Well, not only does it not get easier, it gets much harder because my experience working in the geriatric field for most of my career has showed me that as you get older, the, the blinders here just keep getting tighter and tighter and tighter, and you're less open to new things and you're less likely to want to change. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's interesting right before we logged on because we had a little Zoom problem. I was mentioning to you that we had a, a party last night because I taught a cooking class for medical students at UCSD near where I live. So I had all this extra food and I had to invite people to eat it. And there's a huge plant-based community up here. But the interesting thing is most of my friends are older than me. They're like in their late 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, even one who's 100. And the funny thing is, is so we had like 15 people here and all of them were trim. But none of them were on a weight loss diet, but they all ate the same way, like me. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's like people think sometimes what we're proposing is so extreme. But I looked at the 15 people that were here last night. They were all trim and healthy. And, you know, maybe some of them had a little bit more nuts and seeds. But for the most part, we all ate the same. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, when I go to conferences and you look at especially the conferences where the people like Dr. Goldhammer and people who follow SOS free, salt free, all free, sugar free life. All those instructors are super thin and, and, and they can be in their 60s or 70s. I just saw Dr. Campbell, you know, Dr. Campbell was at one of the events. You know, look how great he's doing for his age. And, and he's almost 90. Yeah. yeah. They're not Dr. Esser. 
Dr. Esser's trim. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, it is very, very, I mean, I'm not saying it can't be done. There's always outliers, but if you are following the diet that we recommend, the eating style, it's really hard to be overweight. You really got to work hard at it following the program that we're, we're recommending. That's why 30 days, I think it's better than doing something for seven or even 14, because it gives you enough time to see if it's going to work. But also people have to realize that if you're coming from the standard American diet or a junk food vegan diet or a diet, a diet that's just vegan, but maybe high in sugar, fat, and salt, it can take 30 days for their taste buds to adjust and for them to neuroadapt so that the food really starts tasting good to them. Well, right. And in some cases, you know, fats and things may take a little bit longer, but you'll be on a good path after 30 days, especially in terms of sugar and salt, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. That, so yeah, that's true because I, you know, when I think about it, because many people that I know, for example, have had heart disease and so they don't have a weight issue, but they're following like a Dr. Esselstyn pro protocol or Dr. McDougall or Dr. Ornish, which is very low in fat and, and they're thriving on it because they love the food. But you're right. I think at the beginning, if people are used to eating a lot of fat, whether it's from animal products or oil, or even nuts, seeds, and avocado, it can take you know, more than 30 days for that uh, fat receptor to, uh, to downregulate for them to appreciate the, you know, the, just eating fruits, vegetables, whole grains, starches. Right. And we're trying hard to get people to follow this program the best of their ability for 30 days. But realistically, that's just the beginning, those 30 days. We're trying to jumpstart you and hold your hand for those 30 days and be there with you. But you have to realize that like you, you've been doing this for, for so long and Dr. Goldhammer I've been doing it close to 40 years. So you, you just have to start somewhere, but you really have to try your best to get salt-free, oil-free, sugar-free, especially that oil. You know, it's such, it's such, it's very difficult for these clients because they're hearing some of the other vegan doctors touting the benefits of olive oil. And so it confuses them. And it's since it's something they're naturally drawn to, they will more than likely want to listen to the doctors who are saying, you know, it's okay to have a little oil. These doctors don't realize you can't say have a little alcohol to an alcoholic and you can't say have a little oil to a food addict. Exactly. And, and even if there's some health benefits in oil, which we're not here to argue about that, anything that could be in an oil that you feel you need would have been in the whole food source from what it came from. Right. And, so exactly. and the whole food source, say for instance, olives are going to be less addicting than just saturating yourself with all this oil on your tongue. I mean, that's going to drive your brain berserk and you're going to want to have more and more of it. And so why would anyone want to torture themselves like that and set themselves ultimately up for failure? I mean, before they know it, they're spraying a little oil on something, then it turns into a tablespoon, then they're dunking bread in it. You know, it's just like, it doesn't get better. It just gets worse. So I would suggest that people do their very best to try, try to follow this program for 30 days, then evaluate how you feel and see how your food addictions are, are going for you. Right. Yeah. Oil is insidious because especially if people eat at restaurants, you're getting much more oil than you would ever do even cooking a recipe at home. Having worked in a restaurant, I can tell you that every single pot and pan, that, that even if you order an oil-free meal, they're, they're not rinsing the pot and pan. They don't have special pots and pan that don't have residual oil. They don't have special grills without oil. And at 140 calories per tablespoon and 14 grams of fat, Per tablespoon. I mean, it really does add up. And so even if people don't want to take the program, just eliminate oil for 30 days. Don't eat at restaurants for 30 days and just see what happens when you stop yeah. eating oil. You know, I have clients send me photos when they go out to eat and they'll say, I got oil-free, you know, steamed vegetables. And they take a photo and you can see it glistening. 
you know that's not water, it's oil on there. And I explained to them, there is oil on your food you're eating. When, when you tell the chefs not to prepare it with, without oil, most of them are assuming you don't mean pouring a cup or two on it, but they don't think that having a tablespoon or two of oil on your vegetables is harmful, but it is harmful, especially if somebody has diabetes or some heart disease or is a food addict because it's going to drive your brain berserk. Yeah. And, and pretty much all, I mean, I've done 1600 shows and I don't think I've had one doctor on one medical doctor that's promoted oil. You know, Dr. Furman is a regular guest and Dr. McDougall and all of them are pretty much uh, in agreement that it's really uh, one of the doctors, Dr. Wes Youngberg calls it hypercaloric malnutrition, a triumph of marketing over science that people think they need oil. We know you need fat, you need omega-3 fats but you don't need oil. Oil is for cars. It's not for people. And that seems to be a hard concept to teach people whether they're wanting to lose weight or not. I've talked to other people that are vegan coaches that are just trying to get people to move towards a plant-based diet. And they say that the hardest thing is the two hardest things are getting people off of dairy and, and trying to explain why we don't use oil to them. Well, yeah. And you know, the thing is we live in a society where people are constantly unhappy and depressed. And so they have to have some excitement somewhere. And unfortunately, most people find their excitement and happiness in food. And again, it comes in the form of salt, oil, you know, and sugar. And one of the things that I often teach at my retreats is that we have to learn to find happiness outside of the kitchen. It's fine to have some happiness in your food, but that's only a small percentage of your happiness. The rest should come from living a happy, fulfilling life. If you're just happy when you eat food, then there's really a severe imbalance there. Yeah, when pe people will learn more about this concept of the pleasure trap in the course, because we have the two authors of the pleasure trap co-teaching with us, Dr. Doug Lyle and Dr. Alan Goldhammer. But to give you a spoiler alert, there's this neurotransmitter that's released in your brain whenever you have a pleasurable experience. For most organisms, it's eating and sex. And the more calorically dense the food, the more dopamine is released. And that's why at 4,000 calories per pound, people like oil you know, more than vegetables, which are 100 calories per pound. Which makes sense from a primal standpoint. I mean, get the best bang for your buck. When we lived thousands of years ago and we were starving, nobody would suggest eating, you know, just roots and, you know, plants because you wouldn't get enough calories. You'd be burning more calories eating them. But if you ever found something high in fat like nuts, well, of course your brain's going to go berserk because it's for survival, but your brain doesn't know that most people are 30, 40, 50 pounds overweight. They have enough fat on them to survive months and they have a refrigerator full of food. And they, all they have to do is walk a block down the street and they have tons of restaurants and stores. So the brain hasn't caught up with living today. Absolutely. You know, think about oil. I don't know if people realize this, that the more oil you need, the more salt you need, because it actually coats the taste buds of your tongue so that you really can't taste the food. Exactly. That's why those three go together. They're kind of like the unholy trinity. So, yeah, yeah. It's, I actually, JP, I actually call them the evil trinity in my book. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yep. So also what people look at it from an evolutionary standpoint, which is one one lens that Dr. Lyle looks at things from, we weren't meant to activate those pathways of sugar, fat, and salt at the same time in the same mouthful, in the same bite of food. And that's basically what restaurant food is and processed food. There's no food in nature other than breast milk that has sugar and fat, sugar and salt, salt and fat, or sugar, fat, and salt. This just doesn't exist. 
And remember that food scientists create these concoctions. They're not, they're not like doctors or they're food scientists and psychologists and marketing experts that create this blend that makes your brain go berserk. And so unfortunately, you're setting your children and grandchildren up for terrible, terrible future when they start eating at this young age. Yeah, it gets me so sad when I go to Costco because I, I go there, they have organic dates, the best prices I've seen. And they have the, you know, the, uh, the food court. And it's, I think it's like $1.50 for a hot dog and a soda. And they, I've seen parents buy the soda, pour it into a sippy cup, give it to their small child who's in the cart, maybe two, and then they get themselves a soda. It's just sad because it sets them up for a lifetime of addiction. Yeah. And I've had kids come in my office before that were over, well, just about a little bit over 300 pounds and they were 12 years of age. So you get them around 270, 280, almost 300, and they're 12 years of age. And it's, it's a very sad thing. They, they're, I mean, it's, their life is pretty much destined for unhappiness at that age. Yeah, I mean, they're even doing gastric bypass on young children now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it doesn't have to be that way. But it's just so food addiction is, I think we're some of the only people in the plant-based space that really talk about this concept of processed food addiction and teach it, you know. Yeah, and it has to start young. I, I had one client that was 270 and was a boy that was was probably, in his, he's probably maybe about 12 or 13. And, you know, the way it affects them mentally and emotionally, he was just looking down the whole time. He was all depressed, didn't have a good self-esteem. You know, heart disease has already taken over, you know, diabetes, so diabetes and obesity. If we don't start children young, then they turn into these obese adults and then, of course, that's when, you know, they have kids then. And then they, 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 they pass on not only their genes, but they pass on their lifestyle practices. So it's really, it's really the perfect storm for disaster in terms of unhappiness unha and unhealth in our society. Yep, agreed. Why don't we get to some questions in the chat? Victoria, and by the way, Victoria, your last name was my maiden name growing up. She says, I'm very interested in your class. I'm on the last 10 pounds, which has been challenging. So. What do you think about somebody that's on the last 10 pounds? What advice do you give them? Yeah, I mean, I try not to focus on joining this program just for weight loss. It's about getting healthier and living a healthier lifestyle. And when that happens, everything normalizes. So not only does excess weight go away, but arteries open up, you get a calm, stable brain, get more happy. And the main thing is you start learning a little bit more about yourselves. And, and to be honest with you, it's really about addiction. We focus a lot on addiction here. And yeah, of course you'll lose weight doing it because if you're not eating the oils and the sugars right there, dramatic, that's going to make a dramatic difference, especially the oils right off the bat. That's going to make a huge difference in your life. Yep. Okay. And also, you know, one of the things, um, Victoria, that Dr. Lyle talks about when people say they're at a plateau is about this idea of being at a behavioral equilibrium. And so what we would look at for somebody at the last 10 pounds is, you know, what you're eating. We recommend you keep a food diary and sometimes just little tweaks can really make a difference. <laughs> also, uh, the less weight you have to lose, the slower it's going to come off. And that's the other thing. If you watch the video from Thursday with Susanna Hall, who's going to be rejoining us for the program, she's a mom of eight who's lost 72 pounds so far. Well, last time she was on the show a year ago, she was down 60 pounds and it took her a whole year to lose the last 12 pounds, but that's just sometimes the way it is. The less weight you have to lose, sometimes the slower it is going because you don't want to 
get your calories so low that you end up binging or overeating. You just want to keep doing what you're doing, but there might be a few tweaks we can help you with not, not seeing your food diary or knowing what, what you're eating. Uh, so that can sometimes help, especially because you're going to be in a group where you can post your food and our coaches can tell you what they think, things like that. In general, uh, my recommendation is, is never to eat less. It's to eat more, but of more calorically dense food. So having more vegetables on your plate, it doesn't mean eating only vegetables and fruit because those are too low in caloric density. You need those starches for satiation, but maybe eating a few more vegetables, non-starchy vegetables relative to the amount of starch or eating it first to start to fill up on that. Those are things or eating more raw salads, things there, you know, there's things without knowing your whole story that we can recommend. And also, are you moving at all? Are you exercising? We don't really recommend exercise for weight loss, but it's really important for weight maintenance and for overall health. So there's a few things we can look at. Dr. Goldhammer always likes to say, show me an overweight person and I'll show you someone unwilling to eat enough raw salad and steamed vegetables. <laughs> yeah. And when you look at the conferences, AJ, when we used to run the ultimate weight loss conference in Vegas, you know, we would see at dinner all the time, people that were stick thin, just eating mounds and mounds and mounds of food. So it's not like you're going to be restricting the volume. You're not restricting the volume, but we're tweaking what you're putting in that meal. That's the key thing. The volume, you can still eat lots of volume. I mean, every time I've been to your house, AJ, you eat way more volume than, than most people I know. You eat a lot of food. No, and that's why I love this program because <laughs> you never have to go hungry eating thimble-sized portions or counting calories, carbs, or points or weighing and measuring your food. Rich says, I love JP, a very important advisor for getting your movement in. Veggie uh, Jersey Girl says hello to both of us. So Carolyn says, I have trouble having veggies for breakfast. Any tips? I tend to have my fruit then. So uh, you don't have to have veggies for breakfast, but if you're trying to lose weight, it's always good to have veggies at every single meal. You know, we recommend at least a 55th plate. So why, if you're going to have fruit for breakfast, why not have fruits and veggies together? And well, by also, way, yeah, remember that we're, we're trying to also improve your health. So the more vegetables you're eating throughout the day, the more nitric oxide you're producing. So arteries are opening up the more antioxidants then are in your diet. In other words, if you can eat vegetables three, four, five times a day, like Dr. Esselstyn wants people to have five handfuls of, of green leafies throughout the day. So we that breakfast is a great time to make sure that you start the day right with that. You're, once you wake up in the morning, you're going to determine by your lifestyle practices how your day is going to be a folding. So I would always start some sort of vegetables for breakfast. If you eat breakfast, always, always um, have that versus say oatmeal, which is, you know, there's nothing wrong with it, but I'd rather have you have vegetables first, then have your oatmeal. Absolutely. Or put vegetables in your oatmeal. For example, a lot of people put things like riced cauliflower or even shredded zucchini in oatmeal because you really can't taste it. People that have smoothies will put cauliflower or zucchini in them. It dilutes the overall calorie density and you really can't taste them. <laughs> also, keep in mind that if you're having fruit for breakfast, what, I mean, what kind of fruit are you having? Are you having watermelon? Are you having bananas? Are you having dates? A fruit is very healthy, but it's it's triple, it's three to four times the caloric density of vegetables. Realize also that there are certain things that are fruits 
zucchini, eggplant, tomato, bell pepper, cucumber, okra. These are actually botanically fruit because you say you want fruit for breakfast. These are 67 calories per pound. You can make my oven roasted ratatouille and still have fruit for breakfast, but at a much lower caloric density. My, not knowing you, uh, Carolyn, I don't know what your history is with weight or food addiction, but I recommend to most people that struggle with sugar to start their day in a savory way, because for a lot of the people, we think of fruit as the sweet treat to end the meal, but you starting your day with something very sweet. For some people, it just sets them up to have cravings for sweets the whole day. So I, if you're going to have fruit, I would put it in a salad, for example. That would be my recommendation. But again, I don't know what your goals are in terms of weight or food addiction if you have them. Nothing unhealthy about fruit, but we believe that every meal, every plate, first, seconds, thirds, snacks should have to plate be vegetable. Uh, Colleen says, I think this is the best time to lose weight because all the fruits are available. Yeah. Also, um, this is a time that most people can't hide. You know, when you live in a cold climate like Buffalo, New York, you know, you're wearing big sweaters, big coats. And this time of year, at least where I live, it's over 100 every day. And, you know, you're more aware that, you know, if you have excess weight, I think people are a little bit more aware of it in the summer, especially if they're wanting to get into that bathing suit, go to the beach. So it is a it's, it's a perfect time. Yep. Rich says no time like the present. Uh, let's see. Um there's a question. Do you use California balsamic on your broccoli and other vegetables and what flavors, if so, and what's your opinion on making air fryer charred broccoli? Okay. These are both great questions and JP, you can weigh in on them, pun intended, weigh in on them too. So I think it's so important to eat vegetables and have them at every meal. I know how when I, Dr. Furman's going to be on the show in a couple of weeks, and he always talks about if you don't love vegetables, you better live close to a hospital because they're the food, not only lowest in caloric density, which is why they're so perfect for this program, but they're the foods highest in nutrient density. So when somebody's starting out, I'm happy for them to get their vegetables in anyway, even if it means a smoothie, if that's all they can do. The thing is, is uh, air fryers are wonderful. I have one, I use them, but what they do is they, they take the water out of the food. So dehydrating air frying it. it so it, it makes it slightly more calorie dense. Now, in, in terms of vegetables, I don't think that's something you have to worry about, but hopefully at some point you'll learn to love them even prepared more simply with steamed. I had to use all the bells and whistles first when I was uh, eating vegetables for breakfast, which meant I was roasting them or air frying them with California balsamic vinegar and mustard. And there's nothing wrong doing that. I still do that to this day. If you are asking the question about charring it in the air fryer because of acrylamides, that's a different story. I don't worry about that either. I've never seen anyone on their death certificate said they died of acrylamide poisoning or even hospitalized. So I personally do not worry about that or worry about using my air fryer. The thing about it, the air fryer is if you air fry all your food, you're taking the water out. And one of the secrets to ultimate weight loss, which you'll learn in a few of the first modules of the course, is that having water in the food and fiber in the food is really one of the secrets because it's the secret to satiety because water and fiber together create bulk and bulk is like that expansion in your stomach. Like imagine a sponge, it's dry and now it has water. So it, so there's there's nuances, but overall I am I am a fan of air frying and if that's how you enjoy your vegetables and that's how you'll eat them, I'm okay with that. So I'll let you weigh in on the air fryer, JP. Well, I think the, the key thing is it's kind of like if you were in martial arts and they have a belt system, say it's white, yellow, green, whatever. Um, we're just right now, everybody's starting at a beginner level. So right now, our goal 
is to get you to eat more vegetables. So however it, however you're going to do that, that's fine. Just get more vegetables in your diet, whether you're using balsamic vinegar or mustard or some seasoning, that's fine. We can fine tune those things a little bit later, but right now the name of the game is to get more vegetables. So when I have clients that come to me and say, look, you know, I've been following a standard American diet for 60 years. Um, if I'm going to have a salad, I have to have a salad dressing that's fatty. Fantastic. Go ahead and use your olive oil. I tell them do whatever you want to use for now. And then eventually we have them use less of it. And eventually we switch to an, a non-oil dressing. But for right now, all I care about is that client gets vegetables in their diet. I don't care how they get them in because we're just trying to start that habit. So for you, feel free to use those sauces, use the air fryer, but just know that you're a white belt. And by the time you get to be a black belt, you're going to look back at all those different belts that you attain and say, wow, I realized that I wouldn't live that lifestyle now, but I needed to live that to get to the black belt level. Perfect. And then the other question was, uh, do I use California balsamic on my broccoli and other vegetables? So I, I do it when I'm eating Brussels sprouts. I love to uh, air fry my Brussels sprouts. I prefer the small Brussels sprouts, the baby Brussels sprouts. I can get at Trader Joe's at Whole Food because they're less bitter and they're cuter. And then what I do is I, I used to cook them in the oven, roasting them with it. And then it always, it was very difficult to get my Silpat or my nonstick silicone mat clean. So now what I do, and I learned this from Zena, is I just air fry them with nothing on them. And so then it doesn't, uh, makes it easy to clean the air fryer. And then in post-production, I take one to two tablespoons of the mustard and the vinegar and I glaze them. So for that, my favorite flavor is the smoked hickory. That's my favorite one on vegetables. My favorite one on starches like potatoes and sweet potatoes is sweet heat. And my favorite one on rice dishes is teriyaki. And then my favorite one on salads is I love the seven herb Italian, the new jalapeno lime and the crisp cucumber. So I do love California balsamic. You just reminded me I need to place an order. So thank you for that. Do you ever use the vinegars, JP, or you can't really get them where you are? Oh yeah. I mean, I use, I use lots of different sauces, but um, I really try to let the, the fruit or the vegetable flavored as much as possible, especially if you chop it up really well, you can release some more flavors, but I definitely use sauces and definitely have used the balsamic vinegar for sure. Yeah. Uh, Comment on having veggies, then starch. If fruit best fits in before or after the starch, it doesn't matter. Or can you pick the time? So, um, so you know, people are different and we want you to obviously enjoy your food. But I will tell you that when you eat something before your vegetables, whether it's fruit, oatmeal and fruit, some kind of starch, you're just going to eat less vegetables. And if the goal is to increase your vegetables to get the best nutrient pack for your caloric punch for your caloric, you know, I can't think of the, what I'm trying to say, but you get what I'm saying. The most nutrients per calories. When you're hungry, that's the best time to eat a food that maybe isn't your favorite food because you can be completely full and want to have a hot fudge sundae, but you're not going to be completely full and then go back and eating a salad or steamed vegetables. So hunger is the best sauce. It's, it's so when you are hungry, so that's why we say start your day in a savory way with vegetables, because you're capitalizing on that. It, you're always going to love sweet, sweet fruit. We're primates. We love fruit. We have taste buds on the tip of our tongue for sweet. So you're going to love that sweet fruit, even if you're full. I mean, I can be stuffed, but if somebody brings watermelon, I'm going to, I'm going to gorge on it because it's delicious, especially this time of year. 
So that's why we recommend that you eat vegetables first, but not only because people think we're just eating vegetables for breakfast and that's it. No, you're eating vegetables just to kind of train your taste buds and and then you eat your starch right after, or, you know, if you want to eat it with it, that's fine. I find that when you eat it with it, I mean, I don't eat my vegetables first anymore. I don't need to, I'm not trying to lose weight. I eat the 50, 50 plate every day for lunch. I have a huge roasted hen of yam with my steamed broccoli. I eat them together. I enjoy them that way. But when I was losing these 60 pounds, I always had a pound of vegetables for breakfast first. <laughs> and then I would wait for my hunger to return. And sometimes it would be immediately, depending on my activity level that day. Sometimes it'd be an hour, two hours. And then I would have my vegetables and starch together. So that's how I did it. That's what worked for me. And then for me, fruit was something that was the treat that I looked forward to, you know, instead of like a traditional dessert. That said, some people need fruit in order to eat their vegetables. I know people that, for example, they wanted to maximize eating their greens like kale. The only way they can do that was to put a little bit of sweet fruit in that, like some fresh mango or some pineapple, even canned pineapple. That, that is one way to do it. A lot of people enjoy salads more if they'll put a little fruit in it, like a cut up apple or pear or orange. So I don't see anything wrong with doing that. The other thing that we're trying to teach, especially for people that struggle with food addiction, sugar addiction specifically, is by having vegetables first, and especially the dark green leafy vegetables like the kale, the broccoli, I mean, uh, even cauliflower, even though it's not dark green, it's considered a cruciferous vegetable. They contain a compound called thylakoids. And what thylakoids do is they shut off the hunger switch. They stop the cravings for sweet. They block fat absorption. And so they're really magical uh, for, for this problem of people that are overeating or uh, having cravings. So do you know anything about thylakoids, JP? Um, well, yeah, right. I think what you said was was very good. And then you have the stretch receptors also, you know, from the starches and the fiber. But I think the one thing that we'll talk about more in detail as the program goes on, I, I think when I'm on the 23rd, I'll focus on it, is the sequencing of, of your foods and the way to put those together to form kind of the perfect formula. And I think that's important. We go through that during this program too. So when they, when you guys stick around for that, I'm on the 23rd of this yeah. month. We'll focus on that more. Yeah. And, that, and even though <laughs> I don't want to promise anything, but we've, I think our record was we went four hours and 40 minutes to answer all the questions one time. I know that your pets were, were, were barking for dinner and they didn't like that, but you did it. Yeah. We, we pretty much answer everything. And again, I just want to reiterate, to me, the most important time is to start this now before fall and winter, because I usually get people ready for winter as early as I can in the year to establish this habit. So by the time it's, you know, if you're doing this program and let's say by the time August rolls around, you've still got all these beautiful fresh fruits and vegetables to, you know, to, to pick from. And it hasn't turned fall yet. So you've still developed this wonderful habit of eating this way and living this way. By the time fall rolls around, it's going to be a normal way of living for you. And you're going to go into the hardest time of year, very powerful, where lots of people start trying to do their program of January 1st. I couldn't think of a worse time to do a program than January 1st. Yeah, that's a, it's a tough time. Uh, Rich was saying, even if you've met your health goals and weight goals, it's great to be with like-minded people in a program like that. So yeah, that's a great point. That's a very yeah, nice comment. There's a question for you, JP. While exercising anytime is good, is exercising before better than after breakfast? I've, I've, I've heard from Robert Cheek that it is for people trying to burn fat. Yeah. I mean, it, well, again, I don't, I wouldn't worry about 
you know, what's the best I worry about for right now, what can you comfortably do? In other words, I have a lot of clients that can't literally cannot exercise without eating something. So I'm not going to try to work with them and convince them and, and get them to, to not eat. So whatever works for you, but from a health standpoint, if you're able to function and exercise without a meal, it's going to generally be more beneficial for you. If you've topped off your carbohydrates the night before, you should have enough glycogen, this the storage fuel of carbohydrate in your muscles and liver for the following morning. So you should be fine to go. But a lot of people, it's an emotional thing where they psychologically think they need to fuel up. You know, uh, it's kind of like if your car is, is half full of gas, you don't need to add more gas to it to drive around the block. Maybe psychologically you feel comfortable filling it up, but you're just driving around the block. Most everybody has more than enough fuel stored as glycogen to work out in the morning. You know, Dr. Furman talks a lot about this toxic hunger and toxic eating is that it, it, that it's not that so much that people don't have enough glycogen stores or are even hungry, but it's like, it's, um, I'm trying to remember exactly how he said it, but they, they can't not eat or they'll feel bad. And, and if you think about that, how people fast for 30, 30 to 40 days at true North, uh, but yet yeah. some people aren't able to skip breakfast, you know? Yeah. It's a psychological thing for sure. And again, as I've said before, the one thing that I'm always teaching at my retreat is start finding happiness in other things than food. It's just, you, people are just, their whole life is dependent on those meals to be happy. You have to have more, more excitement in life than food. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Janice is saying, will you discuss protein recommendations of other health people like JJ Virgin? It seems obscene what she promotes. So we don't talk about other people or programs. That said, if you had a question regarding protein, that's, that would be something that Dr. Goldhammer would be happy to answer. Okay. Oh, uh, Justine just got an order from California Balsamic today. Travel bottles will be on the plane in August. That, that's what's great because the three ounce bottles, as long as they're in the appropriate bag, you can take every uh, as many flavors as you want. And Tanya says, can we keep the class as after the month ends? Hey, Charles, they have the program forever, right? Charles, I'm pretty sure you do. The only thing that ends after the 30 days is access to the private forum. Yes. You have the you 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 can watch the videos over and over again. And you just you have to download it, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> and you can watch from your phone, your iPad, or your computer. And AJ, I just want to mention we do talk about traveling with food too in this program. Mm -hmm. And it was funny because I was just traveling and TSA was checking my food. And when they popped open the lid, they say, Oh, is that cilantro? You know, they're always <laughs> fascinated that when they see somebody with salads or different vegetables, because I don't know what they're used to seeing through their salami sandwiches or something, but uh, yes, we talk a lot about traveling with food. Uh, that's one thing when when AJ used to travel, both of us traveled together, actually. And that was one thing we really focused on quite a bit. And so we've carried that in into this program, too, is how to be successful when you travel. Yeah, that's important because a lot of people are getting back to traveling now yeah. and they want to know how to do it and still stay on plan. And have you ever seen that airport food? Oh my gosh, I can't even believe people eat that stuff. And even the stuff that is compliant, like a banana, is like three dollars. Yeah, you know, grapes. A little thing of grapes. I was just traveling, you know, home at the airport from Mexico and San Diego airport. They had grapes. I mean, it was smaller than what would fit in this cup. It was six dollars. That's crazy. 
six. Yeah, I don't know why people just don't bring it on. Plus they avoid all that plastic, which is detrimental to the planet. And they're using less plastic internally too. Just bringing your own stuff. I carry, you know, my stuff in stainless steel uh, containers. And especially a lot of times I'll take frozen food with me. And by the time I get to my hotel, it's defrosted and I can eat it right there. And then. Yeah. The frozen food can act as your ice pack. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Or any of the other food. Here's a comment. I don't really know how to address it because really I don't, I'm not here to debunk or refute other doctors since we can't have the conversation, but someone saying, my mom told me about this doctor who talks about leaky gut and said tomatoes and corn are bad. Oh yeah. Well, that's, um, I mean, I won't mention who that is, but I mean, that's been going around forever when they talk about, they talk about everything from phytic acid to nightshades to this and that. And they're not telling you that people and civilizations have lived on those foods for thousands and thousands of years and done very fine. So it is confusing. Um, I know for people to hear this, but just remember that the program we're following, just like Dr. McDougall will talk about is a starch based diet. It's not, it's not vegetables only it's starches. And so getting those beans in, getting corn in, getting tubers and potatoes, that's probably one of the key cores of this program. Aside from eating vegetables, you have to have starch or you're not going to be satisfied. You'll be full on vegetables for an hour and then you'll be starving. So we want you to have starches. If you choose not to have corn and you want to have beans, then that's fine. Or you want to have tubers, you know, potatoes, that's fine too. But you have to have some starch. Absolutely. Or you will not be satisfied. Uh, my, my chat is going really fast, but Susanna mentioned this is the fourth time she's going to be taking the program and she looks forward to it. And she's had a great deal of success. Oh, here's a question from Julie. Are there any things we can do ahead of time to prepare to make this program more successful? That's a great question. The first thing I would say is kind of look in your environment and clean it up because if you have Twinkies and Ho-Hos and Doritos, it's going to be very hard to stay on a healthy track. That'd be the first thing I say. How would you tell people to prepare? You're kind of more into the mental stuff than I am. Well, I think the environmental control is always key, but I would also then sit down and figure out some goals that, you know, you want to attain in 30 days, because this program isn't just diet, it's lifestyle. We talk about lots of things and obviously stress reduction and movement or exercise are part of it. Kindness and love and compassion are components too. So make a list of goals and things you really want to work on so you can have kind of that laser beam focus. Because some of you go into this program, which is a good idea, the third or fourth time, and you pretty much have a lot of the eating down, but there's other components that we talk about that you don't really have down very well at all. And other people come into this program as exercise fanatics, but they don't have the dietary component down at all. So it was funny because I was just working with some clients and I was talking about biomarkers of aging and we were doing these exercises that are important and they didn't want to work on their weakness. They said, Hey, can we work on something different? We're not good at this. It's like, no, you need to work on your weakness. So if your weakness is salt and you join this program, let's focus on having a salt free diet for 30 days. If your weakness is exercise or movement, and you're great at your diet, let's work on your weakness. When clients come to me, let's say they're athletes, if it's a professional athlete, and I find out what they're good at, we never do that in our workout. We never work on what they're good at. We work on what they're weak at. So set some goals for yourself. I think that would be a good idea, but I like your attitude. I think that's a great attitude to have. How can I prepare before I come in? It's a very successful attitude. So it'd be fascinating to talk to you more in detail to see you know, what that type of attitude, where are your weaknesses? Because that's, I wish more people would come into a program like that. Some people kind of come into it a little bit lazier and almost dreading it. 
Right. Oh, Tanya's saying, is the mastery class available? I followed Chef AJ's work for years and have most of it down, but want more. Would this reboot be appropriate or is there a higher level class? That's a, also a, a wonderful question, Tanya. So right now, JP and I don't have a higher level class. We kind of stopped mastery when the pandemic began because it wasn't a very expensive course. Reboot is very, very affordable for the same price, like I said, as a private session with one of the presenters like JP or Dr. Lyle, you get a whole 30-day course with 12 hours of live, at least 12 hours of live Q&A. So we, at the pandemic, people, you know, weren't able to spend money like that. And we never really brought mastery back. That doesn't mean we won't, but that's a that's also not just a big financial commitment for people, but a big time commitment for us because we have to have three months at least where we can't like travel. We just kind of have to be focused on, on that. So, you know, I think there's still something to learn because we have people like Susanna that come back for the fourth time that are either on their way to their goals or have already achieved them because you're always going to learn something new, especially from the six hours with Dr. Lyle and Dr. Goldhammer. The other thing is, is there's a 14 day money back guarantee. So after 14 days, if you realize, you know, this is, this is too easy or this, I'm, you know, you can ask for a refund. So, but right now we don't have any high end, uh, not high end, but uh, you know, I know what you're saying. Mastery courses, but mastery was fun. Wasn't it JP? We helped a lot of people and yeah. And yeah. remember too that repetition is really the mother of what they say of skill. So it's good to constantly be having repetition, repetition, repetition. And every time you go through this program, if you have the mindset that you're going to work on your weakness, then you'll each time you do the program, it's going to look totally different to you. Because say, for instance, you had a weakness with like I do a lot of classes on fall prevention and balance and coordination. Well, let's say you got the diet down, you exercise really well. You live in a loving lifestyle and are caring and kind, but let's say your balance isn't very good. I've told people for ages, you can live with osteoporosis just fine, but you're not going to live very happily when you take a fall. So you might say, hey, JP, I want to focus more on that balance component. You know, so everyone's going to have a weakness. It's not like everyone's going to have, you know, perfection in all the different areas. So again, find your goal that you need to work on, your weakness, and focus on that during this program. Yeah, great. And there's a question about when the live uh, interactions are from our zoo. And so we have them at 2 p.m. Pacific time. So the first one will be the 23rd, and then it will be four consecutive Sundays, July 23rd, July 30th, August 6th, and August 13th. And they'll each last at least three hours. And we do that because we found that, of course, there'll be no time that's perfect for everyone it's after church and people, it seems to be a good time for most of the people. So that's when we do it. And AJ, when you and Charles came out with the price, I thought you were missing a digit. I, I know. It's, how it's, cheap it was. It's really, it's really affordable. Thank you for saying that. And, you know, and people say, well, I took it before. Can I have it for free? Well, we still have to pay the coaches and the doctors. So unfortunately, no, because it already really is at a discounted price. And, you know, for preparing, I think just, uh, you know, I would say looking at your environment and if you can't get rid of the non-compliant food, maybe negotiate with the people in your environment to maybe just lock it up for 30 days or ask them if they could eat it outside the home for 30 days to do an experiment. Uh, you're going to be getting, I was going to say maybe, you know, if you, if I wouldn't necessarily go buy this book if you don't have it, but if you have this book, maybe reread at least chapter two, or if you have it on Audible, listen to chapter two, that could be helpful for preparing for the program, I think would be a good thing. 
Uh, I saw a comment that I can't find now. Is it okay to eat a half a watermelon a day? I mean, I do when it's cut up for me that we always have a, a, a fellow named Ben that picks the best watermelon. And I just, I gorge on it when he, when it's already cut up for me and it's the sweetest watermelon. Watermelon, hence the name is pretty much just water. It's got an extremely, extremely low calorie density for a fruit. The only downside is when you eat it late, you're going to be up peeing all night. And actually there's a component in watermelon that actually keeps you awake. I can't remember which doctor was on the show, but he was very much against caffeine. And somebody said, well, I'm a truck driver and I can't stay awake. He said, eat watermelon. I don't know if it keeps you awake because of some compound in it or because it just makes you pee all night. You know anything about watermelon, JP? It might've been the citrulline in there. Uh, the main two components are the citrulline and of course, lycopene, which is such an important carotenoid for, for prostate and ocular health also. Nice. And um, Jenny is saying that she's from Stockholm, Sweden. Will the recommended foods be US specific or will be available in Sweden? So I can tell you that as long as you have fruits, vegetables, whole grains and legumes, starches like potatoes or sweet potatoes, rice, beans, corn, oats, it should be available anywhere in the world. The things that may not be available outside the U.S., and these are not mandatory, these are suggestions, are some of the condiments that we like, like California balsamic, like Benson's Table Tasty, like local spicery. But you don't have to have those. These are things that just embellish the food for people that have a hard time figuring out the spices. But I would, don't, wouldn't you say the food is available anywhere? Oh, sure. Absolutely. And, and you can make it work, you know, like, again, spices are spices, just find what spices you like that you can get. There's hundreds and hundreds of different spices. So find what you like. I use a variety of spices. So I have dozens of spices and half dozens of different uh, seasonings that I use like sauces. And fresh herbs are incredible. The, the salad that we served last night, because I did this cooking class, it's a, it's a recipe from my first book on process. It's a quinoa salad and there's no salt in it. It's lime juice and just three fresh herbs, mint, Italian parsley and scallions. And people just go nuts for it. There's no salt in it. It's delicious. So, you know, using fresh herbs can also help. Hey, Teresa. So Teresa says, I know, I know what you preach works. I've wandered off the path. I'm going to join and get my butt back and prove to myself I'm stronger than this stupid addiction. So, you know, welcome back, by the way, uh, we miss you and we love you. And it just shows that, you know, that there's a saying in AA that when you're off getting sober, your addiction is in the corner doing push-ups. And, you know, I wished that there was a way that I could have ongoing classes like this 12 months a year and, or that I could train somebody to do it because it people with addictions need support for the most part, because if they could have done it alone, they probably would have, but it's nice knowing that you're not alone and that there's people that struggle like you. It, it's really hard though, because it, you, you have to, you have to be diligent and the, the, how, what am I trying to say? The thing is, is we live in an environment where food addiction is rampant, underdiagnosed and insidious. You can't go to your kid's soccer game or a PTA meeting or even to buy a leash for your dog at Petco or some crafts at Michael's or Joanne's where there's not candy, where there's not junk food. So it's not it's not really your fault, because if you like this food, you're genetically hardwired to like it. And the processed food industry plays on this knowing this, I mean, there's, you know, read a book called The End of Overeating by the former head of the FDA, Dr. David Kessler, or Salt, Sugar, and Fat, How the Food Giants Hooked Us by Michael Moss or Hooked by Michael Moss. So this is nobody's fault. But the thing is, it's your responsibility to recognize that 
they're there trying to sabotage your health efforts with billboards and with hyperpalatable food everywhere. It's, so you you kind of have to, you got to be diligent. You got to be, you know, aware. The thing is, it's like, well, I know Teresa knows what to do, but that doesn't mean it's not difficult for her at times to do it. At other times she has done it. And that's why sometimes, you know, it's a reboot. We get you back on track and uh, people will slip and slide. You know, they say that the path to success looks like this. So uh, there's an old saying, relapse is part of recovery. It doesn't define you if you have what I call a snack accident. The only way that you can fail is to never get back on track. So that's why we, we keep doing this because we see so much success. Uh, yeah, you I know, want to mention, AJ, too, that, you know, every time I go to these different conferences, all, people always say, oh, my gosh, this is so great to be around like-minded people and to have go into the dining hall and eat whatever they want and they don't have to read the ingredients and they know it's salt-free, oil-free, sugar-free. That is one of the most major components to your success is, is support. You have to have support. If you, if you have kids or husband or wife that's you know, eating French fries, you know, cheese fries, milkshakes, and all these different things, and your kids are eating it and everyone's eating it, it's really a bummer to you because it's going to set you up for failure because you're already going to be weak. And then you have a stressful day and you're weakened even more. And eventually you'll just give in. And once you give in, it's just this downward spiral that takes you down the toilet. And it's very difficult to come back up. You have to constantly be building momentum. You don't want to have plateaus and you positively don't want to have yourself going down the drain. So you have to constantly be building momentum. And the way you do that is with a support network and coaching. Yeah, you will get coaching for sure. And you'll have interaction with your your colleagues. Uh, is California jalapeno lime, is it spicy hot? Mary Jo, I don't find it hot compared to say their sweet heat or their blazing habanero. Um, so what I would recommend when you try a new flavor, have that as your sample so that if you don't like it, you haven't invested. I saw a question about smoothies versus eating the vegetables and I want to read it exactly, uh, but my chat went away, but it was something to the effect of, boy, I'm, I got a split screen now. There we go. Okay, I want to see if I can find it exactly. It was something about, is it less valuable? So let me explain it to you this way. How was explained to me. When I went to the True North Health Center as a patient in January of 2011, I weighed 60 pounds more than I do now. And I was having a healthy green smoothie every day for breakfast. <laughs> Before that, my breakfast was a Coke Slurpee. So this was an upgrade, you know, good, better, best, but I wasn't able to lose any weight, even though it was probably only about 400 calories. My smoothie, it had a half a pound of spinach or kale, a cup of unsweetened almond milk, two cups of frozen blueberries, a frozen banana, a couple of tablespoons of flax seeds. It was delicious. And Dr. Lyle said to me that when I got home from the True North Health Center to take the smoothie ingredients, put them all in the blender, but instead of pushing blend, pour it in a bowl and eat it. And when I tried to eat it, not being blended, I couldn't finish it. So what happens is smoothies are great if you are a, trying to get more nutrition into a kid or an old person, or maybe somebody that has some dental problems. But if you are overweight, blended calories, liquid calories, first of all, they're less satiating than eating your food whole. And you actually burn more calories when you ingest the food whole and chew it than in the blended state. And so there is a module where we talk about this, but you can see that you have this blender full like this, and then you blend it and it's this much. It's just too easy to overconsume calories when they're blended. 
And the other problem is, is not, this isn't everybody because JP teaches this concept of the smoothie salad, which is basically not sweet at all. There's no sweet fruit in it. It's like uh, the one I make is zucchini, spinach, bell pepper, and cucumber. And I can put a little lemon or lime juice in. That's a way different smoothie than the ones that you see people making where they're putting in peanut butter and cacao nibs. And I've seen people put coconut oil in it and tons of dates. Even people that do green smoothies tend to put in quite a bit of sweet tropical fruit. And again, so we're starting our day with dessert, in my opinion. And this is okay for some people and some people will be able to reach their health and weight loss goals with it. But I don't recommend smoothies for weight loss. What do you think, JP? Sure, eating the whole food, I think, is always going to be ideal for, you know, other than for, you know, kids and seniors and dental issues and sometimes some GI issues. But for what we're focusing on here, eating the whole food is key. And the secret is you're going to take your time to eat it. And that's when your brain starts getting the signal, hey, I'm getting full. I've been eating slow. So it starts getting the, the signal. But if you're drinking your calories, your brain's not getting the signal. And so that's going to be a challenge for those who are trying to lose weight. Yeah. And I believe Dr. Lyle says you burn 12.5% more calories when you're chewing the food because satiety begins in the mouth than when it's already been, the blender has artificially reduced the volume. There's a question about, is it better to eat the fruit after the starch or, and, you know, so the thing is, is some people, especially with melons, there's a saying, eat them alone or leave them alone. I know that if I eat watermelon after a meal, it just doesn't settle for me. So like last night at the party, I ate a bunch of watermelon first and I gave myself a little break and then I ate my dinner. But other fruits like for me, like an apple, a banana, a pear, I can eat those after my starch and be absolutely fine. So um, I, I vote for veggies and starch and then fruit, but if that didn't work for you, you know, I just think fruit first is, can set some people up to just having sweet cravings. Do you, do you have a preference for your well, order? I think we, when we cover sequencing, we talk about that. And then when we cover exercise, we talk about how to replenish your glycogen and electrolyte levels with what foods. So we definitely cover all that for sure during the program. Right. And Julie says, we be going over sequencing meals for weight loss if the weight isn't budging, even if you're following Chef, ways of eat, Chef AJ's way of eating. So I, if you're really following my way of eating for ultimate weight loss, I've never seen the weight budge. So are you eating a, a pound of raw salad first, followed by a pound of steamed vegetables and then your starch? Because that is the most extreme form of sequencing that Dr. Lyle, Dr. Goldhammer talks about at the True North Health Center for people that are having trouble losing weight. That has never not worked. So you start yeah. out with a huge raw salad and that, that raw salad, it, it, that's vegetables. It doesn't have fruit in it. It doesn't have starch in it. Then you eat your huge servings of greens and then you eat your starch. If you do that, I, it's pretty much impossible not to lose weight. Rich is saying, get your veggies first and then have an orange or banana or apple afterwards as a treat. I think that's a great idea. Well, also one of the doctors at, at the conference I was just teaching, at, it was pretty interesting because he came on stage and he said, well, you know, you guys aren't following my program because look at you, you're all overweight. And so obviously if you're following what you're teaching AJ or Dr. Joe or Dr. Mary, if you're following it, most likely you're not going to have weight issues. But the problem is a lot of people kind of think they're following a program and they're throwing in a little oil, they're eating nuts when they're in the car and they don't write them in their food diary. And then all suddenly they're wondering why they're not losing weight. 
when they're eating so high caloric foods, they just don't even count them or register in their brain. They're not following Dr. Joe or Dr. Mary's program. And that's why their program is not working because it's not their program. Also, they're often eating at restaurants. Well, yeah, I mean, that's what I mean. The oil is hidden in there and they think the chef is making it oil free, but the chef figures since he didn't put a cup of oil in, it's oil free, two tablespoons. I can't tell you how many people say, I, and they said this to Dr. Lyle and Dr. Goldhammer, even at the, like the True North Health Center or at conferences or even at Rancho La Puerta, they'll go, I eat exactly like Chef AJ and I can't lose weight. And then they'll tell me about this individual. They'll go, they don't eat remotely like you because they both see how I lose weight. Uh-huh, not how we lose weight, but how I eat. And another thing that's really interesting is before the pandemic, we were teaching business courses to try to certify people to do what we're doing because I just couldn't be everywhere and help everyone. And so we had four people that they didn't stay in our house, but they came to us uh, first thing in the morning, you know, like eight or nine o'clock in the morning, they stayed with us till seven o'clock at night. And so I I fed them all the meals just so that we didn't have to take time to go out. And this was not an ultimate weight loss event. This was just a business class. So we had people of all different weights from, from very trim to, to, to overweight to, you know, four different body types, basically. And so we just serve them our meals, what me and Charles eat. And they've just complained the whole time. You're giving us too much food. We can't eat all this food. And, you know, we serve dessert at every meal, not breakfast, but lunch and dinner. We'd have, you know, I don't know, like a oatmeal cookie, maybe made out of bananas and oatmeals. We'd have a jam bar, you know, so I'd have, I'd have something. They go, you can't have dessert every day. And I'm like, well, I do, you know, but anyway, the point is they all went home and all four of them, and these were a variety of different weights. Some maybe needed to lose weight. Some were already trim and they all lost like four pounds eating exactly like chef AJ. So, you know, you got to really be honest with what you write down. Uh, because if you really eat like me, I promise you'll be trim like me. But we talk about that. We talk about the food diary too, and in, in, in detail too. So we'll cover all this stuff we cover in the modules. Charles did an amazing job of putting all these modules together. So it's not too overwhelming, but it's enough information that you can accomplish it. And then you go on to the next module. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I think, I think you did a wonderful job and the videos are very professional. We actually hired like an LA, you know, a filmmaking team that does, you know, actual film. So it's beautiful video, good audio. It's uh, it just, just, I love the modules where, where Dr. Lyle is like answering the questions because he has this great laugh and he just, I mean, he tells the truth about it and gold hammers. They're so different, but they're, they're, they complement each other so perfectly. And I think you're going to love the, the Q and A's with them. One week is Dr. Lyle. When we, I think Dr. Goldhammer's first and then Dr. Lyle, because Dr. Lyle, Dr. Goldhammer will hit you over the head and then Dr. Lyle will soften the blow, but it's fantastic. Susanna says, what are your thoughts on alcohol consumption? Asking for a friend. I gave out, I gave up alcohol a year ago this month. Well, congratulations. So my thoughts on alcohol is they use alcohol to sterilize surgical equipment. So why are you putting that in your body? And, you know, I know there's no, I mean, fruit can drop from a tree and ferment, but there's really no alcohol in nature. And it goes back to it, it, you know, is, this is not a food for human consumption. It's not a food anyway. One of the things about alcohol is it's liquid. So we already talked about how liquid calories aren't favorable for weight loss, but as JP has pointed out several times, this is not just a weight loss program. We really should have called it the ultimate health reboot more than that. I just call the ultimate reboot program because it's not just for losing weight. It's for rebooting your health. 
And alcohol is not a health food. I mean, there's some minor marginal, you know, benefits to drinking red wine, I guess, from the resveratrol, but you can get that from eating grapes. If alcohol was a health food, why does the World Health Organization say they no longer recommend any amount of alcohol is safe and that it's linked to every single cancer? So uh, we don't recommend it for health, but even if it was a health food, it is not going to support weight loss. And JP, you you know a little bit why more physiologically why alcohol is not good for weight loss. Can you talk about that? Well, I think one of the things you need to take into account is what's the purpose of drinking? Why are you drinking alcohol? For a lot of the clients that I work with that have emotional issues, they're medicating with alcohol. And again, we're trying to, you want to address those issues. That's why I try to get most of my clients to go to therapy and they don't want to go to therapy. They, they don't think they have problems. It's hard to be 300 pounds and say you don't have any problems. So most of these clients are medicating with food and alcohol and other things. So you wanna understand why are you drinking alcohol? It slows your metabolism down for one and it's calories your brain is, are, are not registering. So it's just extra calories. It's just that, that you don't need, if you're, if you're trying to lose weight, why are you trying to take in extra calories and slow your metabolism down? And why are you trying to take a substance in that destroys B vitamins and B vitamins are critical for normal cognitive functioning and metabolism. As you get older, most people's metabolism is worse. So why would you take a substance that's destroying your metabolism and is destroying your brain? The reason why you do it is because you're medicating with, with, with you've got a problem and you're medicating with it, which is understandable, but I'd rather have you use alcohol than cocaine, but I'd rather have you come to grips with what your issue is and not use alcohol at all. Yeah. Also, I, you know, I, I just don't see a lot of people that I've worked with lose weight drinking alcohol. I mean, I just don't see it. If, I mean, if it's possible to be trim and drink alcohol, I mean, not to say that there are people that drink alcohol that aren't trim. Um, but of course, a lot of your weight is going to be genetic to begin with anyway, but I don't see it as a, as a help for weight loss at all. If anything, I see it as a hindrance because you tend to not make the best food choices when you're under the influence. And again, it's, you know, it's seven calories per gram. You're going to learn about calorie density. Fruits and vegetables are only four calories per gram. Alcohol is seven calories per gram. It's, it's, it's almost twice as calorically dense as fruits and vegetables, carbohydrates. So uh, there's a great video Dr. Vera Tarma did, unfortunately, I think it might've been from the summit about why alcohol uh, makes you not able to lose weight and uh, certainly not going to help you uh, overcome food addictions, having alcohol. So, you know what they say, like bread is liquid beer, beer is liquid bread. There's it, it's, I don't know, just, I, you know, if you can tell me how people lose weight drinking it, I'm open to looking at that, but again, it's not a health food. Um, Melanie says, will this lifestyle help varicose veins go away? I'm not a doctor, so I can't answer that, but you can certainly ask that as one of your first questions to Dr. Goldhammer, if you decide to join the program, because he would know that he's worked with probably over 25,000 patients now. And, uh, people, uh, often ask him medical questions and he'll answer them to the best of his ability. Can we watch any time if we can't make it at exactly 2 PM? Yes. So the modules will be delivered to your email. I think it's like 6 a.m. Pacific time or maybe it's 6 a.m. Eastern time. And you can watch those anytime. The live Q&As will be recorded. And so we will have the replay available to you. We say within 24 hours, but it's usually within the same day. 
And so if you can't be there live to ask questions, you can submit your question in advance because I know we sometimes have people in other countries and they have to uh, submit their questions in advance. So absolutely, we make it pretty easy. We actually prefer when you submit the questions in advance because then we can save them and it makes it a lot easier than trying to go through an active chat like we have right now. So let's see, does the program start? Oh, Kat says coming in late, when does the program start? It start it's a 30 day program. It starts Tuesday, July 18th. Registration closes midnight, July 17th. And there have been links posted throughout this show if you're interested. That's um, yeah, coming up, AJ. That's right around. Yeah, it's really soon. Yeah, we probably should have done this sooner. Okay, uh, let's see. Oh, so the question from Cheryl was, if you're getting veggies along with fruit in a smoothie, why is this a less valuable way to get in veggies in breakfast? Well, because you're going to overconsume them more. You're just going to get more satiety from eating your vegetables. And you're always going to just be activating that sweet taste first thing in the morning. We want you to get used to eating savory food that isn't always intensely sweet. So yeah, and I answer a lot of questions on the 23rd when people ask me about juicing versus blending versus eating. We we do cover that stuff. So those are good questions. So yeah. So Kelly says, since the water content in vegetables is pretty significant, do you still recommend eight glasses of water for today? This is difficult for me. So my question is, do I really have to strive for that much? Well, I, this is how much water I drink a day. I don't know how many, I think this is 40 ounces. So that wouldn't be eight glasses. That would be, I don't know, would that be five glasses? And then I drink this first thing in the morning. This is 27 ounces. This is my pot liquor. What I heard is that when you pee, you want it to be very faint yellow. That's how you know if you're hydrated enough. So you don't want it like really, really bright yellow like this really concentrated, but you don't want it so clear either. The thing is, is you're right. The fruits and vegetables are mostly water. And so you're going to be getting a lot of hydration from that. But if you're eating salt, that's going to make a difference. And if you're not eating salt, because people that eat salt tend to need to drink more water because they're thirstier. The other thing is, is your activity level, how much you exercise, your climate, how hot is it? Do you sweat a lot? So I don't think that that rule of eight glasses for everyone is necessarily a good one. You do need to hydrate. What I learned is that it's about half your weight, body weight in ounces. So if you were to weigh 160 pounds, then you'd need about eight, 80 ounces, which is 10, eight ounce glasses a day. But I don't have a hard and fast rule. Do you have a hard and fast rule about how much water a person should drink, JP? No, it's kind of like saying how much money should somebody earn every year? It depends on what they're putting out. In other words, what, what, what are they doing? So if you're eating lots of fruits and vegetables, you're hydrating generally pretty well, plus you're getting electrolytes. There is some danger to drinking excess water, hyponatremia, when you're starting to dilute your sodium level. And in our program here, we're not taking in extra sodium. So there can be some dangers to just consuming gallons of plain water throughout the day. You're better off getting hydrated as much as possible with fresh fruits and vegetables, and then having some water throughout the day. And if you exercise more, um, that's, you know, that's another drain on you. Yeah. Uh, somebody's asking about the price. I, I put a link in there. It's 197 for 30 days with a 14 day money back guarantee. It includes a minimum of 12 live sessions in addition to the 30 days of videos and exercises and a private support group off of Facebook. 
uh, Veggie Jersey Girl says, I need help packing food for my 10 hour day. So uh, yeah, I'm sure we could help you with that. We and cover that have, quite a bit because I'm yeah. traveling. I mean, that's you know, like one, the biggest secrets to success is yeah. planning out your day and planning out your traveling. That's, that's critical. Yeah, one of the things that I've recommended to a lot of people is, so this, this is, this is a water bottle and this, this keeps things cold, but this is a special clean canteen. It looks just like the other one, but it actually keeps things hot for 24 hours. And so what is a great thing to do is to have a soup in here, not, not a vegetable soup necessarily, but a starchy soup. So certain of my recipes that people tend to like, which are like the red lentil chili, the uh, split pea soup, what, what I've had clients do is they'll make these soups, they'll batch cook it, but then they'll puree it. So it's smooth. And then this is something they can sip on. So like, let's say, I don't know, like, I, especially like I've had teachers that maybe got hungry at a certain time, but they had to be at their desk or grading papers and they couldn't really get to a lunch, but they, they, so they would have their starchy soup here, or even I've had like bank tellers or cashiers where you know, most jobs allow you, maybe not in the operating room, but most jobs allow you to have a water bottle. So they don't necessarily know that you have a starchy soup in here and you can be sipping on that. That's one secret that, that clients have used that, that apparently has been very, very successful. And then of course, just packing a lot of starch, like cooked starches, like like cooked winter squashes, sweet potatoes and potatoes, because, you know, fruits and vegetables are great, but when you're hungry, you know, if you are hungry on this program, it's really not because you didn't eat enough fruits and vegetables, but because you didn't eat enough starch. So do you have any tips on packing for a 10 hour day? Uh, I mean, the, the tips now that we're already going to I mean, just like maybe one tip that you can think of, let's say you're going oh. away for 10 hours to do a, a an animal rights. Oh, well, so yeah. So I always bring some, as you mentioned, kind of a blended soup because that's the easiest thing to take in. And then I add a starch to it. So if I blend my soup, then I'm going to add in either brown rice and blend it or sweet potatoes. So I have an extended uh, energy from the carbohydrate. Yeah. yeah. I just figured like when I, when I just flew to Mexico, it, it wasn't a 10 hour work day, but I figured from the time that I had to leave to go to the airport till I arrived in San Diego till the van came. It was like a 10 hour day. And so I can tell you what I brought and I brought uh, cooked vegetables, steamed vegetables. And that particular day it was turnips and it was two pounds. And then I had just a lot of cooked starch. That is when I air fry my potatoes and sweet potatoes because something happens at high altitudes where things just get mushy and I don't like it. So I had my air fried, uh, roasted, my roasted and then chilled and then air fried Hannah yams. And I had my sweet heat California balsamic what fruit did I have? I had, well, the thing is I can't bring fruit into Mexico. So I had to eat it. So I actually had apples because bananas get really mushy at high altitudes, but I had plenty of food for, you know, getting me through there. Here's a question from Lana who joined late. How is this program different than the lose weight with a full plate program? So the principles of what we suggest you eat are the same. The lose weight with a full plate program is a program that is taught just by me. And it's a 21 day program. This program is a 30-day program, but it has completely different modules that were filmed professionally in front of a live studio audience with myself, myself and JP, JP, Dr. Alan Goldhammer, Dr. Doug Lyle. that are very valuable modules that are maybe 20 minutes in length so that you have time to do them every day. 
It includes a private support group off of Facebook with our best success coaches and the best, well, I don't want to say the best part, but the part that I think keeps people coming back, even when they've achieved their health and weight loss goals, is that we include a minimum of 12 hours of live Q&A like this, but they're three hours long. Sometimes they go longer with myself, fitness and nutritional expert, John Pierre, who's on this broadcast with me, Dr. Doug Lyle and Dr. Alan Goldhammer, who are the co-authors of The Pleasure Trap. Dr. Alan Goldhammer is also the co-founder of the True North Health Center. And so you get your questions answered. So that is mainly how they're different. Uh, Suzanne is giving uh, tips on, on how to prepare for a long day. Uh, alternatives for milk, they all have extra stuff in them. Well, uh, a lot of the brands now I have uh, Cheryl have just the ingredient, just one ingredient is actually one of the companies called Joy, where it's just hemp, it's just almond, it's just cashew, it's just oat. So there's nothing in it but that one ingredient and then water, you add it. And there's many brands even now at the regular grocery store I saw just at my local uh, Rayleigh's, you know, our regular grocery store, they had three trees and another company, I can't think of the name right now, Elmhurst. And it's literally just almonds and water, oats and water, that kind of thing. So, and then you can also make your own from almonds and water, oats and water, hemp and water. So it's very- And also AJ, make sure that people understand that where are you using that non-dairy milk? That's kind of a key thing. Cause when people start adding those things to cereals and oatmeals, and then you turn your oatmeal into a cookie because it's so sweet, you know, people are putting in a half a pound of fruit and they're eating oatmeal in the morning with it. So- uh, you do have to be careful because if you're a food addict and you start using soy milk or some of these non-dairy milks that are sweetened, it's going to tantalize your taste buds. And it's not like you're going to not want less sweets. You're going to want more sweets. So for 30 days, we kind of are trying to change your palate. So you're not craving more sweets. If every time you add in a little sweetener, let's say use a little agave or a little stevia, things like that. Those are things that are going to make you require you know, more sweets in your diet, you're going to want them more. So you want to try to be abstinent from as many sweeteners as you can other than fruits. And I would even caution against dried fruits, and particularly dates, um, because they're going to be so sweet. Yeah, most most things are too sweet for me now. It's so funny how your taste buds can change. And I was just saying this yesterday when I was teaching this class for medical students, and they were saying, well, what about if you have a craving? And, and you know, and I was saying, that you find a healthier way to indulge it. And this is somebody, I'm, I had nothing but dessert for the first 43 years of my life. I didn't eat a single fruit and vegetable, which is how I ended up close to 200 pounds with the beginning of colon cancer. And I lived to eat and dessert was like the only food group that I had. And, and I do enjoy some of the lower calorically dense desserts that I make, but it, I would rather eat savory food now. It's just, it just doesn't, it's just much more satisfying to me that, uh, to eat savory food, especially, you know, vegetables and starch than, than eating fruit or desserts. Carlene says, do you have to be on Facebook for support during reboot? No, that's probably one of the best parts and why people like it. You know, we have people in the group that, that join that are um, law enforcement teachers, people that for whatever reason don't like Facebook or aren't allowed to be on Facebook. We even had a couple of celebrities that wanted to remain anonymous. And so by having it off Facebook, 
um, no, there you don't, I mean, you don't have to be on Facebook. So if you don't like Facebook, it's fantastic. And people do love that. We call it the forum and it's moderated by Zena. And sometimes Pam joins, depending on if we have enough people that we need to moderators, but no, you don't have to be on Facebook. Cause I, I mean, I'm on Facebook, but I'm not on Facebook. Obviously I'm when you have a publisher, you have to have a social media presence, but believe me, I try to spend as little time on it as possible because I don't care for it myself. I'm amazing. Whoop, wait, I'm looking forward to your conversation, which, oh, I thought you're amazing. Karen Gaylor is amazing. Yes. And Karen Gaylor is going to be on the show today. I believe it's at one o'clock telling her reboot success story and how she lost over a hundred pounds and recovered from a stroke. So yeah. Uh, Six months ago, I took a look at my blood pressure that was rising. I remember what JP said about specific movement. I got on the Stairmaster and now my blood pressure is 15 points lower. Yeah. And you cover fitness and movement in the class, JP, right? Yeah, of course. That was one of the important modules. Yeah. All right. Well, guys, we'll hang out for a few more minutes. If you have any more questions, I do have another show today at 11 with Dr. Soham Patel, a plant-based endocrinologist who's going to be talking about reversing a type two diabetes, which many people that have done the reboot program also have been able to do. Uh, I keep seeing something called no coconut in the chat. I don't know what that means, but if you're asking about coconut for our program, it's very high in fat and very, very high in saturated fats. So it's uh, generally not recommended. They do have a reduced fat coconut that I suppose if you needed a sprinkle of, you could probably use, but it's uh I mean, you know, I love how Dr. McDougall says, you know, nuts, even though coconut, I guess, is not a nut, but he always says how they come in hard shells for a reason. Yeah, I think we, we're trying really hard to get people to change a little bit of their taste buds. So that's why it's a 30 day program. And so we want to try to avoid any extra, you know, oils or fats. I mean, a little bit of, you know, seeds or a tiny bit of nuts, but when you start adding coconut oil, I mean, that really starts getting things into a whole nother level of addiction. Or even fresh coconut. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we, you know, and the, the person that asked, well, how is this different from the 21 day program, lose weight with a full plate? I think we get a lot deeper into food addiction and the causes and the treatment than we do in the 21 day program. Uh, yes, you still have access to the program after we don't have a follow-up program right now. If we did, it would probably be more expensive and uh, more in-depth, but right now we don't. We used to teach mastery. We haven't done that since the pandemic, but you will own the program for life and all the materials. You can, there's a meal plan. You, you just have to download the stuff though. So, and you have a 14 day money back guarantee. Uh, Justine says, can I have a serving of sprouts? Can a serving of sprouts take the place of other vegetables and how much is a serving? I think sprouts are fantastic and you should eat them all the time, but I would not eat them instead of vegetables. I would eat them in addition to vegetables, putting them on your salads or even putting them, you can put them on chili soups and stews, but I would not eat them instead of vegetables. Do you agree, JP? Well, of course. I mean, sprouts are one of the most magnificent foods we can get in, especially broccoli sprouts, but yeah, you don't need to weigh them or measure them. They're unlimited, you know, just like vegetables. You're not going to overeat on green leafy vegetables or sprouts. I mean, right, you know, but, but we don't want people to eat sprouts instead of eating the non-starchy vegetables, oh, right? We want you yeah. to be sproutarian. Yeah, we want you to be eat both. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, if I don't see any uh, moderators, are there any more questions that we can answer? And 
you know, we're, our first Q&A is a week from tomorrow. So anything you didn't think of today, you can feel free to ask. And we will, we're like saving Private Ryan when he says no man is left behind, no question is left unanswered. Could you recommend ice cream made out of sweet potatoes? Well, I don't know of any commercial ice cream made out of sweet potatoes. That doesn't mean it doesn't exist, but I have made ice cream out of the uh, purple Stokes potatoes and bananas and blended it in my Ninja Creamy. And there was no recipe. I just kind of blended them together and froze it in the container. But I'm not aware of a commercial blend. But there's a few more recent questions here. Uh-oh. Um, well, sometimes I don't see them. Susanna, do you see questions that I have missed? It does help us when you put four question marks before the questions. Uh, that helps us see them, especially when they're big. The lights are killing my eyes, JP. I don't know how people look at light all day. Well, if I don't see them, Amy says, I met JP at Vegan Summerfest last week. He's very inspiring and a great teacher. You two are a great team. Thank you. Yeah, you know, just while we're looking for... Um, you know, the questions that I might have missed. JP and I actually met in 2010 at Rip Esselstyn's first ever immersion program for uh, the Engine 2 diet. And we were both instructors and we would, we worked uh, together since we did the ultimate weight loss program together. We've done several of the Las Vegas ultimate weight loss conferences, which we hope maybe we'll be able to bring back one day. And uh, yeah, uh, there was one about the Nutra machine. Yeah, I don't have the Nutra machine. I, uh, Kathy Hester has it. I don't know much about it. I have the Nutra milk machine. Mary Beth says she would love mastery if we started again. Again, it's just hard to find those 12 weeks. You know, that's the problem. Will you address stubborn blood pressure and triglyceride levels? I, Heidi, will not address that because I'm not a doctor, but all the medical questions that you have will be answered by Dr. Alan Goldhammer. And, um, and he will be able to address that because he's treated probably more high blood pressure than anybody else at the True North Health Center. All right. What, uh, yeah. um, so this question about eating volume seems to grow beyond normal if eating all we want. That would be a Dr. Lyle question because um, there's always going to be outliers. But if you're eating past fullness, you know, like Dave P had talked about, a lot of times there's a psychological component where people just don't feel full. If you're looking to food to medicate, then, you know, like they say, if hunger is not the problem, food isn't the solution. So for large volumes of food, maybe you need to up the calorie density of your diet. Dr. Lyle talks about how we evolved at a calorie density, actually not to the left of the red line, which is 600 calories per pound, but at about 700 calories per pound because our ancestors did eat animal products the weak, the slow, the sick, the isolated, and the injured, which averaged about a thousand calories per pound. They also got into honey, which was 1800 calories per pound. Nut seeds and avocados were seasonal. So for people that just are eating too much food, if they feel in terms of volume, because they're just so stuffed, sometimes Dr. Lau recommends adding things of a little bit higher caloric density, like a little bit of tofu, like a little bit of pasta or some corn tortillas, those kind of things. But this would be a question that I would actually ask Dr. Lyle. Yeah. Um, okay. Because there's a machine called the NUTR. I don't have that one. I have the Nutra milk machine, which also makes nut butters. And I've got lots of videos on it. But the Nutter machine, that's the one Kathy Hester talks about. 
And uh, yeah, and, and Susanna, Heidi, Susanna posted a link to a doctor I had on recently that's like the world's leading expert in high blood pressure. You might want to watch that. And one of the things he mentions is that where there is no salt, there has never been a case of high blood pressure. I think it, it, JP is at the Tarahumara Indians that never ate salt and they have like the lowest blood pressure in the world. Yeah, I mean, most of the primitive people aren't using salt. I mean, it's really the only mineral that we extract that we take in. Uh, but I do want to mention one thing is, you know, I recently had a client in Europe and after the session, they said, well, you're the only person that I've worked with that hasn't talked about food. And I said, exactly, because you don't need to hear about food. Your issues are much deeper than that. And people need to understand when you're talking about if, if, if we say you can eat unlimited and you go out and just keep telling me you keep eating and eating and eating, there's some issues going on there. I mean, that's just... Your people are getting, they're not understanding that there has to be satisfaction and pleasure from life, not just the kitchen. That is, it, it makes you have to look at your life and say, oh my gosh, we, how come I'm not having fun with family and friends, taking care of animals, charity work, my job, exercising, my hobbies. It's like, we can't just be so obsessed with this whole food thing because I don't care if it's sweet potatoes or whatever, you still can medicate with these foods. They're not going to cause as much damage as an Oreo or a ding dong, but there's still an issue of people are just gorging on those foods all day long. And that's their only satisfaction. Yeah. So, but you know, we get it though. Dopamine, you know, that's, it's, and it's hard because of the availability, you know, of it. I mean, everywhere people go, and it's probably in their house right now. Well, it's not only available, but it's socially accepted. Yeah, and, and it's affordable too. I mean, that it's like a triple whammy: readily available, socially acceptable, easily affordable. And not, and the junk food is not only easily affordable; it's practically free. It's so cheap. Absolutely. You know, Dr. Frank Sabatino talks about how food is the only addiction that we just do willingly out in, in public. You know, any other like people that have, uh, you know, cocaine or heroin addictions, like you can do that at your desk at work, you'd be fired, but you can gorge on junk food all day at work and that's fine. And they often have it in your break room, you know, free. I, I, I work with companies that literally thought they were doing their employees a favor by, you know, basically having all this all these snacks available for free. And we got them to change by getting a Vitamix and having them make, you know, fruit, fruit smoothies, vegetable smoothies, green smoothies. And, uh, you know, it was the human resource director was quite overweight. And so she was basically buying the kind of snacks that she liked to eat, you know, which weren't helping them be more productive, if anything, less productive. I would say the secret to this program is really the 30 days of doing the best you can salt-free, oil-free, sugar-free. If you can do that anywhere close to 30 days, then you're on a really good path to success as time goes on. Of course, you have to keep fine tuning that, but really try to commit to 30 days of that program. Yeah. And, you know, the thing is, is you don't have to make a commitment for the rest of your life just for 30 days to do your best, bless yeah. the rest and think of it as an experiment. Hey, if it doesn't work and you don't like it on day 31, you can go back to McDonald's or whatever it is you were eating. Well, hopefully it's not McDonald's. Cheryl says, do you encourage time-restrictive eating in the program? So we don't encourage it per se. We feel, or at least I feel, I don't want to speak for JP, because Dr. Goldhammer will talk about this idea of intermittent fasting or intermittent feeding, that if people didn't eat outside the demands of true hunger, they couldn't be overweight or obese. So if you eat when hungry and stop when full, you don't have to worry about when you eat, why you eat, 
or how much you eat if you're eating the right foods. That said, we at least encourage you to do a 12-hour fast every day, meaning don't eat after dinner and don't eat at least till breakfast. So that would maybe look like, depending on what time you go to bed, having all eating done by 7 p.m. and not eating again by 7 a.m., at least doing that. We find that night eating is never helpful for people in terms of wanting to lose weight, manage food addictions, or manage any type of GI distress. We like to have people wait, have at least three hours, preferably four or five if they have GI issues, but after that last swallow of food or going to bed, you will sleep better, you will feel better, you'll have time for the migrating motor complex in your GI system to do its job doing those cleaning waves. So we recommend at least 12 hours of fasting, not eating for people. Some people like to do a little bit longer and do 16 hours. At True North, that's what they do by having breakfast at 8.30 and dinner at 5.85. So the thing is, is we don't want you to get so hungry because you feel like you have to artificially move your eating based on some research eat when hungry. If you're a person that wakes up hungry, truly eat. But some people like JP said earlier are eating breakfast, not out of hunger, but out of habit or out of fear that they might be hungry later, which is ridiculous because that's like me putting on you know, a parka right now because it's going to be cold later. So you really need to try to get in tune with true hunger and your own hunger signals. What do you think about time-restrictive eating, JP? No, I think you said it best. That was perfect. And, and that's you. something that when you said at the end about the people are eating it all, all the time and they're not, that you can't, people can't say, I'm, yeah, I only eat when I'm hungry because they don't even know what hunger is. They call hunger, what, what we call just emotional eating, they call that hunger. They don't understand it's irritation, irritability, boredom. That's why they're eating and they think they're hungry. They're not hungry. Look yeah. at your waist and you're seeing 30, 40, 50 pounds of, of, of body fat there. You have enough fuel to take you through a month or more and you have enough blood sugar to take you through a day or so. So right. when people say they're hungry, they, they, they're, that's a misnomer. They're not really hungry. Well, that's why I recommend vegetables first, because I always say if you're not hungry enough to eat vegetables, you're not hungry. A lot of what people are feeling, Dr. Furman talks about, isn't hunger, but it's detoxification from not getting more of the junk food in, you know, at, at that time. You know, C says, does it work best for you to wait and eat your sweet potatoes and broccoli as your first meal? That works best for me because I don't naturally get hungry until around 12 o'clock. So I don't see what the point is in making myself eat when I'm not hungry. If I was hungry, I would eat. I just have never been hungry in the morning. People say, well, it's because you eat too much the night before. So I did an experiment and I didn't eat for a day. And uh, the next, so Sunday night and I didn't eat Monday and Tuesday morning I woke up, I wasn't hungry until 12 o'clock. It's just so, you know, but I listened to my body. So anyway, uh, Dr. Goldhammer will talk about some of that research. Well, I think we kind of answered most of the questions, JP. I look forward to working with you for these next four weeks. We start on Tuesday the 18th. I've been posting links throughout this chat and in the show notes. If you'd like to register, there is a 14-day money-back guarantee. We'd love to help you. We'd love to support you. We have wonderful people in the program and they support each other as well. And uh, we've got nothing, you know, we, we have really haven't any complaints about this program. We get nothing but uh, continued good feedback, which is why we keep running it. And this will be the last time we run it this year. So we run it once to twice a year. And if we run it again, it will probably be in January. Maybe we'll wait till February, but why wait to take off the weight? Any final words, JP? 
Now, just remember, do it now because fall is around the corner and it's not the best time to start during fall and winter. It's better than nothing, but I'd rather have this inside you now where you own it. And by the time fall and winter comes, it's not going to be as challenging. Absolutely. Thank you so much, JP. Okay, bye. And thanks all of you for watching another episode of Chef AJ Live. Please come back in 15 minutes for plant-based endocrinologist, Dr. Soham Patel. He will be talking about how to reverse type 2 diabetes with the type 2 diabetes accelerator. Take care, and I hope to see you in Reboot.